welcome back to the What the Fork Happened this week podcast in association with Viper Goalkeeping. We've got almost a full squad for us today. We've got Ian, Scott, Connor's meant to be here. He might come in at some point. Um, and we've got Jack. But before we ask how you're all doing, I'm going to introduce our, our special guest today. Probably the man with the most famous testicles in the entirety of Sunderland, Motherwell cult hero, Simon Ramson. How are you doing, Ramson? You all right? Spot on, mate. You? Aye, good, mate. Aye, not bad. Always, I was going to say always happy after a win, but we actually drew yesterday. Uh, did you watch the match yesterday, aye? I've seen most of it. feels like a win, though, doesn't it, to be honest, after doesn't that it? first half. So, no, we'll take it and keep uh, the run going. Does, mate. Aye, you're absolutely right. I think we're all still buzzing off a few of those goals. But, Scott, how are you doing, mate? You all right? Aye, good, mate. Motherwell won yesterday, so less grumpy than the last eight weeks or whatever. So, all good, you? Yeah. Like I say, mate, decent, not too bad. Ian, how are you doing? You all right? Yeah, yeah, I'm saying, mate, yeah. Um, yeah, football's going well. You know, our, our both are doing really well. So, uh, you know, good good all round. And, uh, yeah, really, and, you know, other, other, you know, projects are also doing fine, so. What, like West Ham? Because you do look a bit like David Moyes week on week. <laughs> <laughs> it's getting worse. Jack, how are you doing? You all right? I like him. He sound, sounds a bit like Moyes as well, I think. Like, a little Moyes tone to his voice. Yeah, I'm all right. So. Hope everyone else is all right. I'm uh, happy with Sunday nicking that point yesterday. So, yeah, that'll do me. Aye, I'll take it. I'll take it, absolutely. Um, so, same format as always, as we always go with everything. But, Scott, I want to start with you. Um, not goal, hero, villain, or moment of the week. Let's not beat around the bush. We all know that you've, you've got a bit of a thing for our Simon here. What's your favourite mm-hmm. Simon Ramson moment? Let's kick us off on a good one. See when you you said to me about this, I was thinking about it, and like there's a few, but um, this one was a cracker. Just it, it's just so surreal. I was talking to my other half about it the other day, and I was thinking like you know if if you weren't there, you probably wouldn't have. You would think that this was a, a story. So this was the first time that I met Rambo. It was in the Electric Bar in Motherwell, and it was Keith Lasley's uh, testimonial race night. So. A great night, really good. You know, it's about 12, 15 years. Place was packed, sold out. Really good night for Laz, etc. But uh, as the night went on, a few drinks had been had. Um, <laughs> people started dancing and stuff like that. So just kind of dancing about, right? So there's James McFadden's dancing next to me, which as surreal as it is, you know, legend. You've got Faddy there. And uh, a Proclaimers tune comes on, 500 Miles comes on. And... Uh, Fraser Kerr is dancing next to me, like right next to me. So Fraser Kerr, uh, who's now at Torquay, was at Gateshead and Hartlepool recently since uh, and a couple of other clubs. So I wear glasses at this time, right? And Proclaimers comes on. Fraser Kerr is absolutely smashed, like at his tits. And uh, he takes my glasses off and starts jumping about like the third Proclaimer. <laughs> right? So like... I, I can't see, I, I cannot see a thing. And uh, like, he, so we're just dancing a bit in that. And he turns around, but like, as I turn around, he throws his head forward and he absolutely lands one like square right in my nose. Right. And, you know, Simon will tell you, and so Billy O'Moshney, because he had a crack at him as well. The last person you want to stick the nut in you is Fraser Kerr, because he's not got a four heat, he's got about a six heat. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, so I've not got any glasses on. I can't see. I can feel my nose like spreading across my face. I'm, I think my nose is broken here. Like, this is going to bleed. So no glasses. Don't know where my specs are. Can't see. So 
like my nose is growing like Pinocchio's after a series of particularly bad lice. So I'm like, right, I need to go and check. This is all right. So I go into the toilet and I'm like trying to look in the mirror, like to make sure there's no blood or anything, but I was like swelling up. And then I just hear these two guys behind me, like, hi, hi. So that's a class tattoo that Simon Ramson's got in his boss. And I'm thinking to myself, fuck, I've got concussion. Like something, like I'm, I'm hearing things like people talking about Rambo getting his boss out. So anyway, like kind of <clears throat> sorted myself out, blah, blah, blah. And at this point, like, you know, the the famous tattoo wasn't really that famous at Mother. This was probably only maybe three, four months after after Rambo joined. So <clears throat> kind of sorted myself out, went back to the table. And the highlight was, went back to the table and I just remember like, Simon standing at the bar, like, just with a, a drink. And I sat down and the folk I'm wearing just sat to me, are you, are you all right? And I'm like, aye, I am fine. Uh, Fraser Kerr headbutted me. I was dancing with James McFadden and Simon Ramsden had his balls out in the toilet. And then I just like picked up my drink and started just drinking. And like, everybody's just looking at me like, Number one, where are your glasses? And number two, what? And I still not got the glasses back to this day. So, uh, but it was a good night. When I woke up the next morning, I was like, fuck's my glasses. And you wear contacts now then? Uh, no, I've got laser surgery. What do you mean? Like laser eye treatment. Can you get that? Aye, they shoot lasers into your eyes and then it makes them better. So you can see. That sounds. That doesn't sound right at all, like, I've got to be honest. But um, <laughs> Rambo, big thing I would ask you here, mate. I, I've noticed you've been keeping fit. What's going on? Mm. Why are you getting up at five in the morning? Why would anyone do that to themselves? So I don't lose the plot, mate, basically. <laughs> uh, no, I think, like, I've talked about in the past, when I, when I packed in football, it's like, you think, right, fucking hell, what, what, what should I do now? You've got no structure anymore, or... Like you haven't got a match to keep yourself right for or anything to aim for. And for a while, I just uh, lost the plot a little bit, just started going out pretty much every weekend because I could again, uh, go to the matches, home and away, and just doing what I suppose every lad does normally anyway that I couldn't do for the last 20 years or whatever it was when I played footy. Um, so I, that's pretty much how it, it, it started off for a couple of years, just enjoying myself. But then it's a slippery slope, isn't it? So... I think once lockdown kicked in, um, something just twigged with me and I thought, you know what, I'm not really in a good place here, I need to do something about it. So I just started training every day um, and it's been going on for, oh, I don't know, over, a, well, nearly a year now, I suppose. Because is, is it Roker Beach where you're training? So is that Roker I'm looking at? Aye. Yeah, it's only, uh, aye, I live like Seaburn, so it's like five minutes away. Aye. So I don't, I'll, I'll either go like, I don't just go there, but I train there most days, I. And there's, a, there's a few of us go down um, all train together and it's just just good just keeps each other motivated and something to aim at like I've just had a massive apple crumble so I feel guilty as fuck at the minute like but <laughs> um, Ian I'll come to you first then who what was your what was your goal of the week mate oh no <laughs> the one <laughs> there, there's the one bird not got <laughs> I don't have a goal of the week good great start uh, I... <laughs> you can you, you can have you can have Jordan Jones if you want. <laughs> <laughs> um, hero of the yeah, week. Go for hero of the week. Uh, All right, have a goal of the week. <laughs> just have one. Just have it. Have it. You can take goal of the week. Have it. Uh, yeah. So my goal of the week is um, the Jordan Jones. 
Just edit it out, Graham. Just edit it all out. It sounds sound perfect, man. Now, these are the good bits. This is what people tune in for, this. It's not like Tom White, is it? Yeah. Oh, what, what, we had, uh, we had yeah. Tom White on the other week, and if anyone hasn't listened to it, he's mic packed in for the first like five minutes and he's mic packed in for the last five minutes. So there was just points when I was asking him stuff. And the funny thing was, it was about two days later, I watched him on Sky Sports News and his microphone went on Sky Sports News as well. So I'm thinking, uh, what's the word? Cursed. Um, Jack, have you got a goal of the week, mate? Yeah, um, mine was Notts County um, yesterday oh, against screamer. Oxford City in the FA Trophy. And um, I think the player was called Alicia Sam or, or somebody, some, something along those lines. And yeah, basically cross from the left and he kind of like back heel volleys it. Like, unbelievable. Like, flick and back heel volleys it in the top corner. It was a superb goal. Like. It's been a really good like week for goal, so Hannah. I mean, take Sunderland out the occasion. It's been... <laughs> Ian is like I know we scored two. I was trying to think of a game where we scored two as good as that in a game and I was struggling. Like, I mean, we've had games where like Darren Murphy scored one, remember that one against Wigan, and like, I think Aye. Southampton away. Do you remember Southampton away under Roy Keane, actually? Ledbetter. Oh, I might remember it. Under Keane and um, Ledbetter scored and Carlos, Carlos Edwards, Edwards scored. They were pretty good goals, yeah. Carlos Edwards, aye. Yeah. So, do I go, I'm going to go, I'm going to go to Rambo because I, I get a feeling like I've took all the, the good goals already. So, Rambo, what's, what's the best goal you've seen this week, mate? Well, I had two. I had Jones and Maguire, so I'll have to take Maguire, right? Unbelievable strike, isn't it? Last minute. Quality, man. Doesn't get better than that, does it? So I think I would have to go for Maguire. I would just, you know, you're the perfect person for this. I was just talking to our lass about it um, when he scored and after he celebrated that. Imagine how good that away end would have been. Oh, I know. Would have been on the pitch. Were you at Walsall like the other season when Gucci scored at the last minute when we were down to 10 men? Uh, I didn't go to that one. Uh, oh, was class, that. You kind of beat last minute win, you? Or a last minute goal. Nah. Nothing better. Rambo, what's your favourite away day of all time? Uh, I think probably the the first win at the Mags, the Decanio one, because oh, what a day. when we won after that, it was like sort of expected. In fact, no, well, actually, either the first one with Decanio or I was there when Quinny headed it in and we won 2-1. Um... So either of them two, I would say, you can't beat going to the mags, can you, and beating them? You were, were you in the books or something then when Quinny scored? You were getting in the youth I, team then, weren't you? Yeah, yeah, I was in the youth team. Um, I thought so. I think, in fact, that day we had a match on the morning, so we had a game at the Charlie Hurley, and then there was about four or five of us in the in the team who were like big Sunderland fans. Quick shower and then off to the match. It was class like. I loved the Decanio day, and it's funny. Like I was just speaking off air before that. That's where technically we first we first ever met <laughs> officially. But um, let's just say there was you were getting into an argument with a few Newcastle fans that happened regularly. You can just say it, mate. I'm not bothered. Yeah, well, you're uh, you're, you're kicking fuck out of a mag in the middle of the street, basically, weren't you? So it's <laughs> <laughs> like I was trying to like, can I say that? Can I say that? Well, what? Scott, what are we? <laughs> what? Fair, it's a bit of a blur that day, like, but I remember on the way home because obviously we had training the next day, and uh, I thought, fuck it, we'll ring Stuart. So I was like, Stuart McCall was a manager at the time, and uh, but he knows how much I love Sunderland and whatever. And we're just like, mess, what's happening on the way home saying, I will see you on Thursday, gaffer, and all that, like, just messing on. And uh, the next day, we was spot on, like, we're still a bit hungover, like, just obviously 
well, I was buzzing from being the mags, but he was he was a different class. Like he just let us crack on. He knew how much it meant. Did you ever have a manager that didn't like you on the footy? Uh, nah, it's strange. Like I've had managers who I've never really got along with, but I think they all had a respect that I was like a proper fan. Do you know what I mean? Like most most managers are old school and they got brought up on the terraces or whatever, like all of us did. And I think it's a rarity in a football team to have a, like a player that's as passionate as probably the fans that's out there watching. So I think most managers just let me get on with it. Like they just you played, knew. You played with Parky, didn't you? Parkinson. Aye. Yeah, he was my manager at Bradford. And his assistant, Steve Parkin, signed me for Rochdale as well. So I've played under both of them. That's right. Well, funny, because I remember I listened to the, the Under the Cosh pod, obviously, as I think a lot of people have. And funny enough, just, just to bring on to my hero of the week, right? And I, I was kind of wondering whether I, I should mention this or not, really, because it's kind of like a sort of a private conversation. But nonetheless, it, I think it shines me in a good light. Obviously, there's been a, a few bad things said about Parky, and I, I wanted to try and get him on the show to... To give his side of it, basically, of, of what's going on in Sunderland, there's always balance and stuff like that. And I, and I text him and he says, I'll, I'll, I'll ring you. And I thought, oh, you know, fantastic. He's going to come on the show. And he actually rang us to say he didn't want to do it and he might do it in the future, but he doesn't want to do it at the moment because he thinks the most important thing is that nothing takes away from Sunderland getting promoted. So you'd rather just do it when when we get up there, which I thought for my for that reason, I was debating whether I should say it or not, but he's, he's my hero of the week. But that, that's pretty sound, isn't it? I thought that was quite sound of him, like, no, that's spot on. Like, like I said on that previous podcast, that um, for most of the time when I was at Bradford, he was he was great with me. So um, I'd, I had a few injury problems and he looked after me and he sent me to Lillishaw to get a break and stuff. And he was class. It was more at the end of the time at Bradford, I lost a lot of respect for him, just the way that he went about things with uh, my contract and not getting back to me when he said he was going to. And just, just not being upfront about things, um, which... It's one of my pet hates, you know what I mean? We're all men, just say, look, there's a contract there or there's not, and you just shake hands and move on. So that was, it just put a bit of a sour end on things for me. But no, I agree with you. Like I say, on the whole, he was always, uh, he was always all right. For most yeah, of the was, time. It was like one of those things where I was debating saying it, because maybe it's not a popular thing to say, but he was, he was absolutely sound uh, this week. And I thought that was dead nice for him to say, like, I think it's most important that something get promoted, not that I say what I... Say my side of things, which I thought was kind of good. Like, but um, so he, Phil Parkinson, funnily enough, my my hero of the week. Um, sounds like I'm just kissing his ass now. I've done it, Jesus Christ. A few <laughs> weeks ago, I was Phil Parkinson out and all that shit. But, um, Jack, what was your who's your hero of the week, mate? Um, my hero of the week's a bit going a bit like, off topic with fo- nothing to do with football, but it's um, <laughs> really, really, it's not, it's not often you do that, Jack. <laughs> yeah, I know. I like, I like to mix it up a little bit. You know what I mean? And um, I thought. It was a mad story this week with, with Lady Gaga, who, um, I don't know if anyone saw that, but Lady Gaga I had a dog stolen. I thought it was one of the most bizarre stories I've ever seen, but I thought my hero of the week was the bloke who kind of valiantly stepped in and tried to save them. Um, I mean, he could have, you know, he could have been slashed or anything, or, you know, I think he did get a little bit hurt and, you know, didn't trying to shot? protect them as best as he can. Didn't, yeah, I didn't think, I think he he's... Shot? I'm. I'm not sure. I know. I know he ended up in. A, in I think he's been in hospital, checked over or something like that. But yeah, um, I thought it was quite heroic to defend two two innocent dogs. Yeah, I thought it was pretty good. <laughs> I, I've got to be honest. I wasn't expecting you to come out with that. I was expecting something more vitriolic. But you're just like loving Lady Gaga's dogs 
bodyguard is that what it would be is it a dog's bodyguard i think it's like a dog dog guard or something like that. i mean i don't know what the official terminology for him would be but yeah i thought because i mean i have to be saying like i'd probably just be like i just tap them you know what i mean like he was like fighting them off <laughs> just tap them. i mean like, i i'll just be like yeah go on then <laughs> just just have them just have them right. it's, it's not worth it holding them back it's not, not worth, worth it, it. It's, it's not, not worth, worth it, it bro. Scott, who was your hero of the week? It's uh, Roy Keane. For that for argument the... today? With Jamie Redknapp, I... Fucking brilliant, on it? <laughs> it it's was just class. superb, man. Oh, just... See the way, like, it's just started... Like, Jamie Redknapp was, like, on the defensive right away, and then he's just arguing, 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 and then Roy's just sitting there in typical Keno fashion, calm, and he's just like... Uh, Anybody can play for their country. See if you can trap a ball. You can play for your country. That means nothing. And he's just getting more and more pissed off at him. And then eventually, I think he got it down to Roy Keane had said Keane and Son were the only two players that would play in like the, the top four, i.e. City, Liverpool, whatever. Uh, and then eventually, like at the end, Jamie Redknapp's like, uh, I think I agree with you, Keane, after arguing with him for about seven minutes. And I genuinely think it was just like Redknapp was like, I'm getting absolutely... Done here, done a winner. And it was just, I thought it was great. I felt like, though, Kino kind of like, in a way, knew what he was doing. He kept cutting them off. Did you? Did everyone see that, by the way? Has everyone seen it? It's like, the way he just kept, as soon as Redknapp got to a half a point, he would just cut him off. And Redknapp was like gradually getting as red as his dad. Like, just gradually <laughs> getting more and more red. And you thought, just stop it. Just leave it. Because he's just going to keep nudging at you and nudging at you and nudging at you. Um, yeah, Keen to be fair, Roy Keen's a hero every week. Has everyone seen his Instagram? His Instagram's absolutely superb. Did you see the thing you wrote about wearing Lycra? If you, if you see his wearing Lycra, you can just run his over. <laughs> Some guy. Ian, uh, who is your, your favourite Iranian footballer? Oh, well, I have gone for the, the goal machine themselves. Um, so, <laughs> I love how you set these up by the way whenever I ask you about a random footballer you set them up like they're actually good like he's a goal machine and I'm thinking Iranian goal machines this one actually is the good um, according to the standards that we have alright so um, so my favourite um, Iranian footballer uh, was, was the top scorer in um, the Persian Pro League uh, for three seasons running, scoring 88 goals in the total. Um, this player has 34 caps for the um, the national side, uh, and that is um, Sara the Gomi. Sara uh, Gomi. Sara Gomi. Um, I've never heard of him. Uh, that's because uh, Sara Gomi uh, is a woman. <laughs> there we go that's why I've never heard of them. I'm quite impressed with the level of research in there 88 goals in the Persian League yeah in one year hmm? in one year was that no no no, no. three seasons three but seasons. Uh, she was the top scorer for every season oh yes yeah um, and I think somewhere like there that's uh, you know let's face it that's a hard place for you know women in uh, they're sort of general, um, so for her to make her mark like that, I think, yeah, yeah, she's she's my favorite. Not bad. Mine would be uh, Andranik Taymurian. Does anyone remember Andranik Taymurian? No, he used to play for Bolton, 
Sam Allardyce signed him, so you've got to have something about him. That's all <laughs> I'm saying. If Sam Allardyce signs you, you've got, definitely got someone about you. Um, aye, Rambo. Aye, who's your hero of the week? To be fair, I've got two. I've got a sensible one and a, and a daft one. <laughs> um, I'm more excited for the daft one, I'm not going to lie. My daft one's my stepdad, because he kept up with me on the drink last Saturday. I'd had a drink for ages, and we found this new drink called Dragon Soup. It's fucking oh, lethal. Hey, Dragon <laughs> Soup, man. Brilliant. You've never heard of Dragon well, Soup and you played for Motherwell? It was sort of coming out a little bit. We, we used to go in Glasgow, but you can't really get it down here. But I found a shop that does it and it's, uh, it's another level. So he's 74 and he kept up with me. So he's definitely my hero this week. Uh, and my sensible one, which I thought was Captain Tom Moore this week. I thought, uh, what a legend. Like, do you know what I mean? Obviously, it was his funeral and you can't do much more than what he's done, can you? So that was my Class. sensible hero of the week. Absolutely, that, that couldn't be further away from dafter and sensibly. I, I feel like you, you played it down far too much, like because the sensible one was so sensible, and the, the daft oh. one was was slightly daft. To be fair, for the for the listeners, we went to have you on last week, and I messaged you on what was it? Was it Friday night? I said, "You fancy yeah. doing it?" And you says, "Well, I'm going out with my uncle, so I, well, I, I'll see." Yeah, it was, it was my stepdad. Stepdad, sorry. Round, and then Saturday led into Sunday, so it was a good job I didn't come on on there. Sunday night, to be honest with you. I beg to differ. I think it would have been an absolute scream life, but... but he was still going strong, 74 year old Sunday. So fair play at him. Was that the lad that was in your Instagram photos last week? Yeah, he's everywhere with me. Obviously, when it's not lockdown, we, all, we go all over. He came to Magaluf with us, we go to Ireland to watch a race, and we do all sorts. He's class. Didn't take Michael Reddy with you any chance to do this time? No. <laughs> um, I was going to say, Dragon Soup, to be fair. It's like, I mean, Scott, you'll know Dragon Soup more than I will. Is it like a, because I know, obviously I know it, but I'm a Buckfast man, if anything. At the very least, I would be MD 2020. Differences between them? How would, what, what's the ranking system for these drinks? Uh, again, I feel like I'm getting bullied here because it's like, here's the Alaska Scottish guy who knows about fucking Dragon Soup. But to be fair, I'm uh, maybe a mad dog man myself. Uh, so uh, that that would be, be my choice. The only thing about like dragon soup is it's like fucking petrol. Like it's literally nah. I not thought for it was, me. I thought I'm it was a mad dog, man. not the one like. I thought it was an energy drink because it's in like a monster can, isn't it? Aye, but it's like seven percent seven half percent or something. It's got like shit in it, like caffeine and that, but it's just ah, it's bad news. <laughs> is it is it one of those ones where you, is it like basically like a buck fast buzz? Because there's nothing like a buck fast buzz. I remember when uh Hibs away in pre-season. And How was it? Remember that? Oh, it was a good day, that. It was a cracking day, that. Um, Simon Grayson, you is that? Jesus. Um, and I went to, oh, it was one of the Weatherspoons and Tom Walsh and, and John Walsh, who obviously Tom uh, does wise men say. Uh, John is um, his brother and his brother's hilarious. He's probably the funniest guy. He's a teacher in China at the minute. He does like kids TV shows in China and that or something, something along that line. I could be wrong. Sorry, John, I forgot, not got your job title hundred percent correct, but he's in China basically. Um, and he, we, we took buck, we took buck fast. Well, you do, don't you pretty much, but loads of buck fast on the way over that, like road over at Leith where you get towards like Easter road and stuff like that. And like, it got to the point where, do you know, when you drink that much buck fast, you kind of, things just aren't right. Does everyone know what I mean? Things. You don't like Buckfast? Is that what the monks used to drink or something? Yeah, it's um, so it's Buckfast Abbey is down in Scott. It's down in the south end. Is it Devon? 
Aye, Stephen. Buckfast Monks. Buckfast yeah. Monks down in Devon. It was meant to be medicinal or something like that, but but yeah. basically, John, all I remember about it is we got got this Weatherspoons pub after the match, but it was 2-2. Decent day. Easter Road. Good day away. Pre-season, so it didn't really matter. Got the uh, got this Weatherspoons on the way back, and like he, John had had that much Buckfast and pints and all sorts, and I'd had that much Buckfast and pints and all sorts. He ordered chicken nuggets, and then ate them all, and then went, oh, I really fancy chicken nuggets, and just reordered them. <laughs> like, he forgot <laughs> that he'd had them completely. Uh, but yeah, I, that, that's making me reminisce about actually going to football. Remember when that used to happen? That was great, wasn't it? Um, I think my... I'm going to go with Villain of the Week for me. Um, Lee Mason. Mm. Useless. I hate to be, like, horrible about people, but what the hell? He, he's blew his whistle on that free kick, he's blew it. You can see he's blew his whistle, you can see the lad scored it, and then he's made a right mess of it, and then there's all, like, Vars just do my nut in, like, I mean, can actually, since we've got a footballer on the show, how would you feel if you had to play with, with Vars and the way it's going at the minute, Rambo? It pissed me off, to be honest, like, I don't know, like, it's pros and cons, it's like when we used to play in this, and they say something happened, you were like, well, they should have had the VR, or whatever, like, you know what I mean? So I can see both sides of it, but to me, like, it just, it takes away, like, as a fan, for instance, you're celebrating a goal now, and then you're like, well, is it a goal? Is it not a goal? Then you're waiting five minutes, and it's like, do you know what I mean? There's just so kills much, it, like, it just kills the whole vibe of everything. So, if you had it's not, it's not for VAR, me. if you had VAR for, like, Man City at home, the G, G done one goal, that wouldn't have counted. If you had VAR, talk about the Paulo de Canio match, the mags would have equalised. Because CC was like well onside in that game. I think Carlos Quilla had him about three yards onside, and that would have completely killed that day because that was a good day. Then. I think would have lost. I think if, if that ball, had, if that would have I think it would have turned that round against us then, like so champion. <laughs> that was that the one where Pardew celebrated wildly. Aye, and then he just stopped. And then he's like, <laughs> what what he smashed his face off the post. That was uh, I think that was the one. That was the that one was nil. The one nil. That was the to. one nil. Yeah. I was, I. That was a good day as well. That was, my, that was my best of the three. That like of the three. I mean, we played better in the other two. I was there for all three. We played better in the other two. Where we won three 0 but mm. the, just for pure moment, that, the, the scenes in the away end when Johnson scored and it was just unbelievable. I've never, never been part of them tonight. Either. By the way, talking about that, right? Whilst we're on it, um, I was re-watching your, your Under the Cosh podcast uh, yesterday with Brownie and that, and I was watching it. And I didn't realise how much, like, parky before you'd said about how much you hate the mags, which to me is quite natural. You just, like you said, it's the way you brought up, in it? It's just like, yeah. it's just, just the way it is. And um, parky, part of John Parkin's quite, like, taken back by it all. And it's like, the most the most footballers not, like, hate their rivals. Is that, like, a, not a normal thing? Like, it's mad, but I think, so say, like, younger lads when they're coming through, like, I used to, I started going to games when I was, like, four-year-old home and away so it was sort of like it was instilled in me like that fan sort of feeling um, of hatred of Newcastle or whatever just like going to the matches whereas a lot of lads maybe don't get brought up in that environment so they'll be playing for a youth club on a Saturday and maybe not going to a match after or just watching it on the telly or I don't know a lot a lot of them or when they do start playing professional football they maybe lose a little bit of um passion for how they were when they were younger or whatever, whereas with me, I never lost it. So when people ask me about the mags, I'm deadly serious when I tell them that I fucking hate them. Whereas a lot, a lot of people 
kind of get that. Do you know what I mean? But it's just how it is. I get True. it. I get it wholeheartedly. Um, did you ever play against the Mags? Because I remember you saying you were on the bench for Grimsby, but did you ever play against them? No. just I played in a pre-season friendly against them. They had the full team out. I was going to sign for um, Hartlepool on loan when Mick McCarthy was manager. And uh, I went I went to Hartlepool, trained for a week, and they were playing the Mags. Um, and they had everyone playing. Shearer, Bellamy, Robert, all of them playing. And... Uh, there was like half of Hartlepool's ground was full of mags. And there was a lad I used to go to school with, Bushy, massive mag. I'll never forget it. I was going over to take a throw in and he's like, fog on. He stood just to the right of where we're taking a throw in. And all of a sudden he sat. And the whole Newcastle fans start going. That was it, mate. I lifted Bellamy about six foot in the air about two minutes later. And he, he'd asked us before the match, oh, swap a shirt for us and all that. I thought, you've got fucking two ups, mate. Absolutely no chance. But that's the only time that I actually played them like their first team. It was it was in a friendly match. It's a shame that. I would quite like to see it in like a full game. But like, I don't think it would have ended well. It's see, funny. I absolutely shot myself and we played them in a friendly. Uh, I don't know. It might, have been, it might have been a testimonial. And I no. just remember turning to my pal and saying to him, fucking hell. Rambo's nowhere on shin pads, and then he was just like fucking flying into tackles. And I was like, ah, he's got to break his leg here. Do you know what, Scott? I've totally forgot about that match. I we did, we played them pre season. So I, I didn't wear shinnies. And Stuart were like, had a little like the team talk before the match was right, we need to do this, 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 and this. And Simon, don't get sent off. <laughs> <laughs> that was it. But it was that, like, it was only pre season friendly. But I, it was good. Crap. Who are you, Mark? No. Uh, Goufran, I was my, Goufran, I think, for a little bit, and uh, Sammy Amiobi. Amiobi, come like on. Some wings. But, um, nah, you don't wear shinies against the Mags. Nah. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm saying, like, I can play football. I'm terrible, mate. Like, I'm up. I used to play right back, and I was horrendous. I used to think I was Chris Megan. The problem was that I wasn't. Uh, that was the main issue. Um, so, villain of the week for you, Scott. Who's a villain? It's, uh, it's Rod Stewart. <laughs> <laughs> like, Why are you picking an old man's for? Because he's a dick. Uh, it's just, do you know, I, I say this all the time, but see whenever anything happens at Celtic, they'll be Rod Stewart it, right? And it just, it, it, I just hate that whole celebrity fan that rocks up. It's like, oh, Celtic Barcelona, and there's Rod Stewart crying. Celtic Juventus, there's Rod Stewart crying. Celtic St Mirren, Rod Stewart's in Los Angeles, right? But what pissed me off that week there was obviously with, with Lennon getting the getting the boot in that and, and leaving. <clears throat> and it's Rod Stewart in the paper or in the papers saying that uh, uh, Celtic have been so badly affected by COVID. This is why they're fucked 10 in a row. And I'm just thinking to myself, just Rod, just piss off with that because see, you need to think you like, the, the golf and finances between like Celtic and ourselves, you know, all the every other club in Scotland, outside probably Rangers and Celtic, you know, we're spending, the last time I heard that we were spending 32 grand a, a month on the COVID tests for the players to allow the, the football to continue. We're not getting any money like for the SFA. There's grants and loans and things, but in terms of money for that, we're getting nothing. You know, we sold David <clears> Turnbull to Celtic for like 3.25 million or something like that. And a large chunk of that's gone in COVID tests and he's hitting it with, Celtic are bad because we've not got the fans in the stadium and you're just like, it's the same for every team in the world. Just 
go back into the hole that you crawled out of your rod and just fuck off. <laughs> By the way, when you talk about Celtic, do you know what the when if you type in Simon Ramson on Google, what's the first thing that comes up after James Forrest? James Forrest. James Forrest. <laughs> Should have gone a bit higher on that one, like <laughs> two, two of my heroes. The hell of a tackle. Rambo booted him, and then after he left, Ryan Bowman came in, and he absolutely leathered them into the stands. Uh, for no, I was it Forrest? No, it was Tierney Bowman. It was Tierney and Bowman. It wasn't Forrest. I'm wrong. Whenever you mention, whenever you mention Bowman now, though, I just think of um, Peter Hartley when Peter Hartley was like Pele ten. I was going to explain it and give context to that, but if if you want context to that, just go back and listen to the Paul Hartley, uh, Peter Paul Hartley. That's a very different guy. Uh, Peter Hartley episode, very, incredibly different person. Um, go back and listen to that. But um, Ian, who was your villain of the week? Don't say it's Rod um, Stewart. <laughs> no, 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 uh, no, no. This one's um, slightly they're sort of different in the the sort of villainness or the repercussions might actually be felt um, further down um, via the line. But um, so this concerns the um, Chinese um, conglomerate or, you know, big, big sort of business. So there's a Chinese firm, um, they're sunning. Right. So big multinational, you know, billion sort of dollar, their firm. Um, they own um, Jiangsu FC, and they just yesterday they turned around and said actually the the, the club's shut, ceased, finished, just they're straight like that, gone. Why? Because um, well, you know, money. They're losing losing money. Um, you know, sort of COVID and all that. They they're uh, looking at at their um, their sort of finances. What might be a bit more worrying, however, is that um, something owns um inter they are there so um a world without inter know. milan a world yeah. of it. nah you get that resurrected you just be like the inter milan wouldn't you you're just being out of the, the yeah, inter but, milan. yeah well i mean you know zhang zhang they sue they're not coming back are they is but, that, but, is, that the, is that with a z like z u a g no no it's a g no. Oh, wait, you know, I'm thinking of the wrong club. Uh-huh. To be fair, I'm not well rehearsed on my Chinese football, to be fair. It was, no, no. Um, <laughs> neither, though. However, and what might have even more impact, uh, I mean, in, uh, I think they'll be fine, obviously. You know, they're going to win the, the, the league. Someone, someone's going to come along and they buy them. However, they've been looking for a buyer for them for quite a while now. So this isn't sort of, you know, breaking sort of news there. However, Sonnen um, are due to have a 500 and their 50 million um, their pound Premier League, their TV deal. So they didn't really need up. to get rid of anyone then. Hmm? They didn't really need to get rid of anyone then, basically. No, no, no. No, no. Sonnen were going to pay their the Premier League 550 million pound for the Chinese TV rights. Oh, right. Okay, okay. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, so money that the Premier League are actually probably, you know, sort of banking on. Hmm. That brings us to a point when we're talking about certain things. So Newcastle didn't get bought over by the Saudis. And we all said that was probably a good thing from a human rights perspective. Did everyone see what happened this week with the, the, the confirmed that he, d- he did have something to do with the murder of that, that journalist? 
has anyone came out yet and said like maybe Newcastle shouldn't have been bought by them and it isn't like a, a travesty that Newcastle went bought because that, that blows my mind that I'm very biased for obvious reasons but a blue mum I mean Scott neutral to an extent how, how do you take that because obviously if ask any of us we're all biased against Newcastle but like what, what did you think of that situation because it was probably slightly before you knew any of us really it's just it's just a bit wild like when you read the things in the papers or whatever and you see who's going to be, you know I mean it's, it's not comparable with the human rights stuff but it's similar to like when Dave King was going to buy over Rangers and they're looking at like you know he had uh, been convicted of tax issues and things like that and the, the issues that he had in South Africa and you're looking at it and you're going how you know they're meant to set a fit and proper person's test you know if you're, you've got tax convictions regardless of whether they're spent or whatever you know if you're accused of human rights breaches where does this fit in person a uh, fit person test come in you know like what is there any point in it what is the point if ah sorry i abuse people come in that's fine you know it's like we always say they're too busy going after the pin badge sellers to be bothered about the uh you know, the yeah, it's got human be. rights abusers. Every week, I've got to get Fight it every power, week. Scott. Fight aye, absolutely. Power. Fuck SFA. Um, but you know what it's like. Um, no, but I, I think you're right, Graham. You know, somebody should come out and say, whether it's the FA or whether it's Newcastle, say, right, you know, there's the proof that we did the right thing. And maybe this time the fit and proper person test did actually work. Um, what, wild. What got, me, what, what got me with the Newcastle thing, though, was they were like, they were happy to hark up all of Mike Ashley's data to Sports Direct. You know what I mean? Remember when there was an um, there was an investigation into Mike Ashley's practices and and, and um, zero within his work at Sports Direct. You remember that there was a Newcastle MP, Jayon Wura, yeah, um, yeah. who she, rather than serving our people in Newcastle, she was interested in holding Mike Ashley to account. They were very very interested in how Mike Ashley behaved and his morality. And yet, when the first was being bought by a murdering Arab regime, it's suddenly ah, it's got nothing to do with football. Nah, nah, that's nah, all right. Nah, nah, it's fine. Man, what you're on about? And it's like, no, hang on, that's a little bit worse than what Mike Ashley was doing. I mean, maybe just. Do you remember yeah. when that wasn't the whole argument though that they were going to bring investment to the region? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm really, I'm really certain that they're interested in developing Newcastle, Newcastle wider area. Yeah. Who was your villain of the week, Jack? Mine was um, Roy Hodgson. Who oh, that's harsh, told, isn't it? He's an old man. I know, but basically yeah. he, he told, because um, he's been coming under a little bit of stick for the Crystal Palace results, and he basically come out with, um, well, you know, fans can expect too much sometimes. And do you remember, Alan, do you remember what Alan Kerb, actually, at Charlton? He was like, yeah, they wanted him out and look where they are now. And basically told fans, like, yeah, just you should be absolutely buzzing to be 14 every year in the Premier League, which is just a bit. It takes the joy out of football. He was like going into like how the top six of ruined football. And he is right. He is right to a certain extent, but it's just a bit like, I know, but you can't really blame that for Crystal Palace fans wanting to, wanting to go to the game and maybe win a few games. To be know? fair, if he hadn't put Harry Kane on corners and we hadn't lost some other dice, I probably would have had a bit more sympathy, but there you go. And that as well, Graham, you know what I mean? If, <laughs> if you'd done better that Euros might have some other lives and we might not be in the shite run at the minute. So yeah, yeah. Roy Hudson. Hey, not for much longer. I'm confident this season. I'm feeling confident. Like. Um, Rambo, who was your... Who's your villain of the week, mate? Mine's Boris Johnson. Because if he'd have ended this lockdown sooner, we could have fucking gone to Wembley next month. Yeah. <laughs> now, I've, I was counting today. I've been six times to watch Sunderland. Obviously lost everyone. 
My missus family's from Grimsby. I went down to watch them with their family. They got beat. I played there and got beat. So the only chance now where you'd think, in theory, we're going to fucking win at Wembley and uh, we can't even go, mate. I was... So, mate, it's Boris. I was thinking about this, about, like, when they wanted to delay the... They wanted to delay it to May, weren't they? But I was like, nah, don't delay it. For me, just play it. I'd love to go, but just play it. Because I don't think there'll be any point in delaying it on May and getting 10,000 fans in. I know there's a chance that some of us could go, but imagine Sunderland at Wembley with like 5,000 fans. It would be rubbish, wouldn't it? Oh, it would, I. And let's say it. I know, I understand what's going on in the world and it, shit happens, doesn't it? But... It's just sod's law. It's, that's like the most Sunderland thing you can possibly get, isn't it? Like when we do probably win at Wembley, we're not going to be there. You just knew what was going to happen though, didn't you? Like as soon as like the fans weren't there, you knew we were going to get either the... I think it was as soon as we got out of the group stages, you were like, well, here we can. And we're going to play someone that would be... The thing is, when we went in the Checker Trade final, that felt like the first real chance before the Charlton game, obviously, because we didn't know that was coming, that we could have won at Wembley. Yeah. But it was still Portsmouth, wasn't it? Like, and no disrespect to Tranmere, but like Portsmouth were like the best side in the league at that point. I think they were top, weren't they? Totally. Well, if you not just though. that, like, obviously, the weekend and the atmosphere in Trafalgar and all that, no disrespect to Tranmere, but they'll probably sell 15,000 tickets or something, maybe. Something like that. Yeah. It would, it would have just been unbelievable, wouldn't it? Like, to go down, but it is what it is, isn't it? Sad, isn't it? Well, but, but Boris is always my villain of the week. To be fair, I leave him out of it often, but he's always—it's not Jack's villain of the week. Is normally Matt Hancock, and he—you escaped it this week, Matt. Why did Matt Hancock escape it this week, Jack? Well, I, I don't—you know—everyone knows my intense dislike for the man, but I don't know. I mean, I, I could pick a reason from every week, but yeah, I, I like to give him a bit of a rest now and again, um, Grim. <laughs> so, but like I say, there's always a chance he's that much of a dickhead. He's going to do something next week. So, Piers Morgan doesn't. Piers Morgan hammers him consistently, doesn't he? Like. Yeah, well, Pierce Morgan's, he's not, not much better, really, is he? Let's, let's be honest. Good old moral PSA. Scott, what was your, your moment of the week, mate? Uh, moment of the week was <clears throat> there was a save uh, yesterday in the Mullow game. Um, I've got Liam Kelly on loan for QPR now. And uh, <clears throat> 2 0 up, and it was getting towards that because at the last 10, 15 minutes territory where you know, you know, if, if Mullerwell score, you know that it's going to either be a draw or we're going to somehow concede a goal in the 95th minute or something. And uh ball comes in the box and one of your defenders, I think it was Declan Gallica, he's went to clear it, but he's just sliced it up in the air, right? It happens. But just unluckily, it's dropped down to the feet of Christian Dodge inside the six-yard box, one-on-one -on -one with the keeper. So I've shut my eyes. I'm thinking to myself, right, I'm going to hear them saying that, you know, that's it, it's 2-1. It's going to be one of those, you know, Arse clenching last 15 minutes waiting to to try and and just get through the, the, the rest of the game. And then <clears throat> I've just heard the message going, what a save. And I'm like, how how is that possible? I mean, four yards out. Um and it's not even like right, fair enough that it was quite down the center of the shot, but the keeper, he's made himself big. But the fact that he's made himself big, got an arm to it but done enough to push it away for the goal as well. Because nine times out of 10, for that uh, that distance, if it hits the keeper, it's probably just going to take the keeper into the net with them. But um, for me, it was as good as a goal. Uh, it, you know what it's like at 2-0. They score next. It's Tetchy, you score next. It's 3-0. You're 15 minutes to go. But 
Uh, no, what a save! Like what a save! Jock Brown, who's doing our commentary, said, "If that was if that was anywhere else on the television other than on this paid-for live stream, I don't know. Like I don't know if he's getting commission for that. Uh, that would be classed as world class. So I'm going to go for that." That brings in a question, though. I've seen that save, and I noticed the past few weeks Liam Kelly been playing. Obviously, he's be at Rangers. Where's Trevor Carson? Uh, he just after he came back, so he done his his knee at the start of the season, and he was out, and he came back, and about two weeks in, he had a similar looking injury. Uh, so he's he's long term injured, but uh, they've not like. I'm a bit worried about Trev because they've not said normally they're like, oh, this person's three weeks, this person's two weeks. The website just says knee injury long term. Uh, and if it's the same knee, then I'm, I'm a bit worried about him, which would be disappointing. I noticed uh, Decky came back on, on on Saturday as well. So he's that alleged close that would have extended his contract, which is the reason he couldn't play. Because I find this quite interesting from the outside looking in. Don't know whether you've seen this as well or anyone else has seen this. But Declan Gallagher has obviously been out for about six weeks, something like that, five, six weeks. Mm-hmm. And the rumour is if he played another game, his contract's extended and he wants, to, he wants to leave at the end of the season. But then he came on for like the last 15 minutes <laughs> on Saturday. So if that doesn't go to prove that, like, that, that kind of uh, rumour is the biggest load of shite ever, I don't know what it does. But um... apparently it was like uh, not private messaging folks saying to them, look, See, don't believe what you read in the papers. You know, the situation is this. Uh, I heard last, just a couple of days ago, that apparently he turned in a move to the MLS as well. I heard that, um, yeah. So, you know, I just, I don't think, so I don't think he would do it. I mean, obviously, I, I don't know him personally, but, you know, he, he's probably a shoe in to be Scotland's first pick centre-back at the Euros. Mm-hmm. So why, you know... That might be, I think Declan's, Declan's 30 now, so that might be his only chance at a major tournament. You know, Scotland becomes shite for the next 30 years again. Then, you know, he might never get another chance. So I don't I don't think he would do that anyway. I don't think he has done that, but uh, it's definitely good to see him back. Did you ever cross paths with Declan Gallagher, uh, Rambo? Uh, I don't think so. After your time, sure. wasn't it? I'm not, obviously, he wasn't at the club when I was there, but I'm not too sure who he'd have been playing for when I was up there. I, d- I can't remember playing against him. Livy, Livy, Livy were in the lower leagues, aye, so aye. he was like two back-to-back promotions with Livy for like, I think it was for like uh, either League 2 to Championship or League 1 to Championship or Championship to, to Premier League. So League, League 1 to Championship. League 1 up, aye, so he was he was playing for them then. That's right. I think we played them in the cup and beat them maybe in the quarters or something when I was up there. I think Faddy scored an extra mm-hmm. time. He probably Aye. played that match maybe sports. So. No, I didn't really know that much of him to be honest. Ian, what was your uh, your moment of the week? Uh, mm, right, okay. Mm. Oh, this is going, <laughs> this is going south, isn't it? I can tell already by you. <laughs> Yeah, that, that's what I mean. That's what I mean about the moist comparisons. Whilst we're here, right? You, 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 you set up the right. I'm gonna say something sad and depressing and Scottish and dour. It's very, very, uh, very David Moisey. Yeah, the, the the really sad thing about it is that I'm 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 not even Scottish. <laughs> I know, I know. But to be fair, once you've lived here long enough, you. You pick up the. I was going to say you pick up and the. The downness. Yeah, the downness. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you do pick it up. Everyone's just miserable now and again, but miserable with it in a good way. That's what I like about Scotland. So, so what got me thinking was um, obviously Grant, um, the lead back, came on um, there yesterday, and then um, immediately got 
they're sort of injured or so it seemed. It was like he was on um, the other pitch for like minutes. Um, but that actually got me thinking about you know what you know what is the the quickest the sort of injuries that um, you know footballers have ever actually picked up and had to go off. So good one. I actually wondered if um, the sort of Simon had any thoughts about that. I mean, what was the fastest you got injured? That wouldn't take long for me to get injured, mate. With my history. <laughs> uh, I don't know. That's a good question. That uh, I, nothing springs to mind of uh, like anything as probably as quick as Grant yesterday. It's it's. I think it's a bit of a rarity if you if you come on for a minute. But it's a freak accident, isn't it? It's not as if he's yeah. like pulled a hamstring or something. It's one of them. You kind of help it if you fall on your shoulder or however else he's done it. So. Unfortunately, that's the shite side of the game, and he might end up missing Wembley now or or whatever, and you might never get the chance to play there again. It's it's fine lines in football. It's you just need that little bit of luck sometimes. Proper sods low that. Imagine like he's basically got us there to begin with. Like we were touching on before, as as fans, it's a chance to see us win something, but like it's a chance for him to like lift something as a Sunderland lad. It's like. I was reading on the uh, the forum yesterday. It was quite funny, and on Twitter as well. It was like you had two different versions with no middle ground. People were like, "That's it. His career's finished. He's probably going to get released at the end of the season and retire. And <laughs> that's it. He's gone forever. He's never going to play for Sunderland again." And you had other people just going, "Just fucking pop it back in. It'll be fine. It's just dislocated shoulder. It'll be weak, man. You'll be able to lift a cup in a couple of weeks. Do not worry about it." I think. I think in reality, it's not the last we'll see of him. But I think, unfortunately, he probably will end up missing out on Wembley. Um, how long was uh, Luke nine out for? That was about two months, wasn't it? Yeah, I think so. Uh, give or take. I mean, how long does a dislocated shoulder tend to keep someone out? I've never done it. I've never broke a bone in my body. What's that? Three, four weeks at, at best? I think that it all just depends how bad it is. Like you say, some yeah. of them click back in, some don't. And then, yeah, I think they can be a bit complicated. They can get quite easily um, do them again when they come back. So they've got to be careful. Like It's quite distressing watching it because like, you could hear them shouting at that when they were trying to put it back in, couldn't you? You could hear them being like, ah, and it was like, I don't want to watch this. This is not what I paid 10 quid for. Um, <laughs> my my moment of the week is not going to sit well with Jack, but it's it's happening. Um, Alfredo Morelos doing something that I believe he should win the the Sporting Behaviour of the Year award or whatever it is that they give these days because he gets shite every single week. And bless him, European Europa League last thirty two, he's clean through on goal. Lads done his hamstring or something, and he picks it up and stops it. And Conor Golden shouting around that, and everyone thinks he's a proper bastard and I just thought that made him look as nice as he is because I love Alfredo Morelos I think it's do you see everyone see his first interview in English he did his first English interview and he uh, basically whatever they asked him all he said was yeah it's good for the good for the club it's good for the fans good for Rangers and that like anything they asked him he just repeated that but I Alfredo Morales is my hero this week it didn't take him much to be my hero of the week to be fair but I thought for his his sporting gesture I think is the correct term Jack who was your uh, who, what was your moment of the week um, my moment of the week was just the the kind of the restrictions being lifted a little bit and it's just kind of a little bit of a light at the end of the tunnel so to speak I know it's a few weeks off yet before things can happen but I thought no one's had anything to look for the Brazilian variants here now with Naked now, the Brazilian variant here. No, just nice to be, you know, a few texts going about what I would do, the show would do that. And I just, I mean, I might not go to plan, but it's it's nice to have something a little bit to look forward to. I think everyone will probably agree. 
I'm the opposite. It worries me. Like it worries me him putting dates on stuff. But I, I think I tweeted it the other day. If Boris Johnson said that the sky was blue, I'd go and check. Oh yeah, I'm, I don't. I kind of stand him either. To be fair, like, but I just think overall, I think you know, it's 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 something a little bit slight positive we can take things. I mean, it probably won't go to plan. Nothing has, but hopefully, not shouldn't be too long. 2022, we're in lockdown 14. Here we go. What's your <laughs> moment of the week? Uh, and last but not least, Rambo, what's your moment of the week? Uh, I struggled on this one a little bit, but I think um, my moment, it didn't go to plan, was Josh Kelly boxing on Saturday. I think, yeah. um, obviously, Sunderland lad, high expectations. I know him well, um, and it was, it was a shame how it panned out, but... He'll come back stronger, and there's no doubt about it. He's he's good enough to go to the very top and hopefully get a world title for Sunderland and fight at the stadium alike. And yeah, it was it was a shame how it panned out, but fair play to him for taking on that fight on Saturday. Yeah, because I thought because I'm not the biggest boxing expert in the world. Don't get me wrong, but obviously I've I would say I know a little bit about it. But the the guy he was taking on, I mean, what was it? His twelfth professional fight. Yeah, like I said, the, the other lad was just too experienced, too strong. Um, and it, it's one of them, but he had the bollocks to, to go for it and he'll uh, it, be back. When you mentioned bollocks there, the first thing that came in my head was just FTM, but it's fucking typical of that, isn't it? Um, which, before we do go, you said you were thinking about getting a top up. I know it's been locked down since you've done Under the Cosh, but have you had your top up yet? Not yet, no, but it's, uh, it's on the list. Are you getting one? Oh, Good. I'll get it and uh, how's Frank the Tank? He was out last weekend, but he's back in the cupboard, mate. <laughs> he's fucking bad news. So, he's uh, yeah, he's away for the foreseeable. It's a shame. Well, lads, thanks very much for popping on. Um, Simon, I was gonna, uh, Simon, I've called you Rambo the whole way, and now I'm calling you Simon. What the fuck am I doing? Um, <laughs> but thanks for popping on, Rambo. Hope you've, hope you've had fun. I hope you haven't mind talking about your, your testicles too much. Um, to be fair, you've, you've, you've set a rod for you on back with that, let's be honest. Um, Jack, Ian, Scott, Connor didn't end up turning up in the end. Um, before we do go, um, obviously, one of the heroes, I think, for all of us this week was was Connor McLaughlin for getting that shirt sorted for, for Max's kid. Uh, Max's kid? For Connor's kid, Max. Um, for anyone who's not aware, obviously, Connor's, Connor's little one, thankfully, um, has been completely cured of obviously the rare disease that he had and as a kind of like thank you or a, a nice little gift from the club, Conor McLaughlin got him a, a shirt a shirt fully signed with McLaughlin number two on the back by all the squad and um, got him a little shirt with Max number one on the back and I thought I thought that was class because that's kind of more like what Sunderland's been about and I, when I was young especially. Um, thanks very much for listening. I appreciate it. Thank you.